0: Today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, Gabe Velarde, Gabe Velarde, Gabe Velarde, and I guess some other stuff, but mostly, holy heck, Gabe Velarde. All that and more today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Saturday, February 22nd. You are listening to a special bonus episode of Locked on Los Angeles Kings as we delve into the weekend activities of the Los Angeles Kings and also take a look back at Gabe Velarde's magical NHL debut. I'm your host, Sarah Fampato, managing editor of Jewels from the Crown. And currently, uh, we'll talk about this on Monday, but uh, hanging out in Wisconsin, watching Alex Tarkat this weekend. We'll get a little more into that. But just know that I will have some thoughts on our favorite prospect coming up in next week's shows. But the first thing, obviously, that I want to talk about is last week's game against the Florida Panthers, where Gabe Velarde made his NHL debut. I'll be honest, when Velarde got called up, I was just hoping for a good, quiet game for him. Like, if I didn't notice him at all, that would have been fine. If he played, like, six minutes in the game, that would have been great. I wanted him to look okay, not get injured, and feel proud that he had worked through his back injury enough to make his NHL debut. Todd McClellan had made very clear that this wasn't like a sympathy call-up. It wasn't a like, oh, pat on the head, you did so good kind of call up. It was legitimately based on his skill, his performance. He has done very well in Ontario. Uh, He's certainly had some games where he's looked a little lost, a little slow. His performance has fluctuated like any young player making his professional debut, let alone a young player in his first pro season who has basically not played competitive hockey in two years because of injuries. So I just wanted him to look okay I didn't care what else happened. If he played on the fourth line and like had two shifts a period, great. Gabe Velarde had something different in mind. On his first shift in the NHL, Villardi came off the bench, skated through the neutral zone, picked up a pass from Curtis McDermott, who made a really good play here, and then done. First NHL goal. That goal came on Villardi's first career shot 10 seconds into his first career shift on his first NHL game. That is a new league record. I believe the old one was like 14 seconds, 15 seconds, so he smashed that. He is also the first Kings rookie to score in his first game since Tanner Pearson. Villardi finished that game with one goal, one assist, Two shots and had 15 minutes and 10 seconds of ice time. He also won 81% of his face-offs. And before you think like, oh, he only took three of them or whatever, he went 13 for 16. Those 16 face-offs were the second most on the team behind only Anje Kopitar. Villardi did better than Kopitar at face-offs. Uh, and so for a guy who has struggled at times in the AHL with face-offs, again, he hasn't been completely consistent. He was great and he was not, it's not like he was facing like the worst face-off man on the team. Like he was going up, against the same guys the Kopitar was uh, in just about the same amounts. Kopitar had 20-something, so obviously a handful more. But a great performance all around from Gabe who, you know, you thought might need a little time to get his feet wet, and instead just jumped right in. His first game could not have been any better scripted if we tried, if it was a movie, like, just very storybook. Like, you had to be so excited when you saw him score. Like, that was just so delightful. To cap it all off, it was a great night for the Kings in general. They won 5-4 over the Panthers in a rare outburst of scoring. To help out Jonathan Quick, who had a less-than-stellar night against the Panthers, but, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky also had a pretty bad night for the Panthers as well. Uh, Scoring for the Kings drew Dowdy, Trevor Moore, Martin Furk, and Ben Hutton. Dowdy's goal came on the power play. The assist that Velarde collected came on Martin Ferk's goal, uh, reuniting the two Ontario linemates. They had great chemistry throughout the game. Ferk, by the way, had six shots on goal total. On the goal that he scored, Velarde collected the puck behind Florida's net and sent a really nice pass out to Ferk in front, who absolutely buried it. It was nice to see the Kings for once come out on the right side of one of these wild games. Oftentimes, we'll have these games and they end up like 6-5 because neither goaltender or neither defense is like, you know, totally great that night. Uh, and so it was really nice to see the Kings being the one who had that had the last goal, had the last laugh, we'll say. Todd McClellan, after the game, in talking about Gabe Velarde, he said, the enthusiasm was contagious. I thought we carried over with it and played after that, after the goal. So a good spark. We needed it and great for the kid. I'm so happy for him. McClellan also pointed out, how calm Velardi was, even though you knew that he was nervous. Um, he also pointed out the fact that the face off thing was really great. He said that's one of the most competitive areas of the game, and he handled himself well there. He worked himself into positions on the ice that he needed to get to calmly. Sometimes I think when a player starts his career out, he's just flying all over the place without any type of purpose. Gabe had purpose in all of his shifts, and he did a good job. McClellan also made sure to point out the fact that Gabe wasn't the only brand new king to be joining the game that day. Uh, Tim Schaller also joined. Tim Schaller came over in the trade that sent Tyler Toffoli to Vancouver. As we all know, uh, Schaller was really uh, a money deal to make the cap situation work for Vancouver without the Kings having to retain any money on him. Uh, but McClellan did make sure uh, very pointedly to point out in his, his postgame remarks that there was another new guy who also performed fine uh, in his debut. I mean, McClellan was a little more effusive because he's the coach and he kind of has to pump his players' tires, but, you know, Schaller was fine. I didn't really notice him. He had the game that I thought Gabe Velarde would have of just sort of existing and, you know, not making a mess of things and find great done. When asked what it was like to be in part of one of these games that, you know, everyone's scoring the whole game long, four to five to four to final score, as audiences, we Consider it fun, uh, stressful, but fun. Uh, and McClellan says, "I thought our guys need to have fun. The fans that come to the rink have to be entertained, and goals are entertainment." I think there's nights when they probably say, "Well, the coach is a lunatic. He wants them to check their way to the win, but we have to do what we have to do to win." And a lot of nights it's checking. Uh, this is something that he talked about in Colorado Springs of that the Kings just aren't necessarily a skilled enough team all the time to score their way out of problems. That they have to be physical on the puck and be constantly you know working hard that way rather than just you know knowing that they're going to score their way out of a loss And McClellan goes on to say, tonight we checked and we found ways to score goals, so I'm happy for our guys. We want to be a fun team to watch. We want the players to have fun when they're playing, and a lot of that is offense, but we've got to play on both sides of the puck, and we're learning to do that right now. So all in all, a great night for the Kings, a fantastic night for Gabe Villardi, who of course now has to follow this performance up with, oh, the rest of his NHL career. We will see what he has to offer in the games coming up this weekend, which we will talk about right after this on Locked on Los Angeles Kings. The Kings, of course, have two games coming up this weekend. First off, they are playing the Colorado Avalanche tonight, and then Sunday against the Edmonton Oilers. So we'll talk about both of those before we wrap up today's show. Colorado, who we are already familiar with from our Stadium Series matchup, played last night against Anaheim, recording a one nothing shutout. JT Confer scored the only goal for the Avs. Pavel Francouz, the goalie who earlier that day signed a two year extension with the Avs, made twenty six saves in his first career shutout. Uh, much like the Kings. Scoring has been hard for the Ducks, and this game was no exception, so one goal was enough for the high-scoring Avalanche. For the Ducks, John Gibson stopped 28 of 29 shots. Since the Stadium Series, the Avalanche have lost one game to Tampa and won two over the Islanders and now the Ducks, and they are doing it without a whole bunch of very important players, in addition to Nazem Kadri and Colin Wilson, both of whom were already out at the time of the Stadium Series game. Uh, They're also now missing Emiko Rantanen, Philip Grubauer, and Matt Calvert, Uh, so they are doing it without some pretty important people uh, depth up and down their lineup, and of course, their starting goaltender. The important thing to find out is going to be, do the Kings still have the stadium series magic for this one? Uh, The fact that they won that game is still frankly unbelievable, powered by the now dearly departed Tyler Toffoli, and if not for Jonathan Quick, that score would have been so much worse, and you know, he stood on his head the whole game. It is uncertain who is going to be in net for Colorado, with Grubauer still out and With no timetable for his return, Hunter Miska is backing up from the AHL. He has played a whole 18 minutes of NHL hockey in his career, last season when he was part of the Coyotes organization. This year he's spent most of the season with the Colorado Eagles in the AHL, also has gotten into a few ECHL games as well. And with every point mattering uh, for the Avalanche, it seems unlikely that they would hand this game to a completely untested young goalie, but stranger things have happened, and those young untested goalies usually wind up beating the Kings. So we will find out more later tonight as the Colorado Avalanche take on the Los Angeles Kings. There's no break for the Kings, though, as they take on the Edmonton Oilers the next night in a back-to-back. As expected, the Pacific standings just keep flip-flopping, and Edmonton is still in the fight to top the division. While they've only won five of their last ten, their 71 points have them second in the division, right between Vegas with 72 and Vancouver with 70. Also, when did Vegas take over the lead in the Pacific? Like, okay, sure. The Oilers are missing their entire top line of Connor McDavid, who is hurt, James Neal, who is hurt, and Zach Kassian, who is suspended for being dumb. They are also missing one of their top defensemen in Oscar Kleffbaum, and yet they are finding ways to win games. Uh, finding ways to win is really one of those hallmarks of a good team, or at least a team that on that particular night has got everything figured out. And Leon Draisaitl has, of course, been a huge part of that success for the Oilers. Since McDavid went out with an injury, his last game was February 8th, Draisaitl leads the league with 12 points. He's actually tied with Mika's advantage ad, but that's neither here nor there. We're not talking about the Rangers right now. But do you know who else shows up on the list of Top scorers. Kyler Yamamoto. He's a 21 year old winger for the Oilers. He has played bits and pieces of three seasons for the organization. He has eight points in those six games for the Oilers. So if some of these young players, depth players, role players start stepping up for the Oilers, they're going to be in good shape down the stretch, even without. Connor McDavid. They've won three and they've lost three without McDavid, which is at least treading water from where they were before. And if treading water is all they do, then they should still be just fine. So we will get to see the Oilers and the Avalanche coming up this weekend. Uh, No notes on Kings lineups, no idea who's going to start a net for which game. I'd probably give Quick the game against the Avalanche and Peterson the game against the Oilers, largely because Quick did so good against the Avalanche last time that you'd like to see if maybe he can repeat that uh, coming up again. But we will see. We'll of course keep a great eye on Gabe Velarde, see what he's up to, hope that he continues to have just as great games. But like, the important thing is to remember that like, he's a baby in pro hockey terms, and all because we are all riding high on how well he did that very first game does not mean that like if he fails to go scored two points again tonight um, or you know only wins one face off or whatever that like oh he's a bust like we t- we have to be patient there will be up nights and down nights just as there were in the AHL as well for Velarde so we have to be patient we have to be gentle and kind to him and we of course will hope for the best and hope to see uh, great nights and improvement from him every single night uh, in his career now so that's it for today a nice quick little bonus show for you today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings. Monday we'll be back with looks at both of these weekend games and like I said at the top of the show uh, I'm actually up in Wisconsin this weekend checking out University of Wisconsin Badgers watching Alex Tercott for a couple games and so on Monday's show I will also kind of share some of my observations from being up here as well. So that is it for today you can follow me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On LA Kings. Of course make sure you're subscribed to the show in whatever format you you're listening to the show in Apple, Google, Spotify, podcast, What's It apps on your phone, uh, just go hit that big subscribe button. Share links with your friends. Tell people you know all about it. Leave a rating, leave a review, and uh, tell the world how much fun you're having uh, thinking about the Los Angeles Kings every single day uh, just about uh, of this season. So thanks for listening. Thanks for always being there. I'd love to hear your questions. You can tweet them at me or you can email me lockdownlakings at gmail.com. I'd be glad. To, uh, to, to chat with you about things and answer all of your Kings questions. We'll be back on Monday with a trade deadline bonanza, I guess, on Lockdown Los Angeles Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.